Welcome back, subject. Today, staff will have you listen to the Download Weekly Gaming News, the show where we give you the deal on the latest in gaming every week in a small bite-sized download. Robots Radio presents... Rated M for Mature. Welcome back, everybody, to the Titans. Why? Why? You can cut it out. Nope, it's too late. We're listening to the download weekly gaming news. I am your glorious host, Jameson. And I'm your silly goose, Brenna. And this is the show where we give you the DL on the latest in gaming every week in a small bite size download. We're here. We're back. Announcements. Uh, we're making some changes. We got some things in the works, like we mentioned on our stuff. So if you see our website and our YouTube not working or not being updated, that's normal. We're working on stuff. Things are changing. Uh, in addition to that, we're thinking about switching up release dates of the episode. Some people have voiced still they would like it on Monday mornings. Totally get that. Uh, we're thinking about maybe trying Fridays. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll let you know. We'll keep you up to date. We're sponsored by Loot Crate, Gamefly, Green Man Gaming, and NordVPN. I could give you a whole pitch about them, but frankly, we have too much to talk about, and I am too tired. So we're just going to dive right on in. First up, stonks. Stonks are going up. Stonks are going down. We're going to talk stonks. So the best and the hottest stonks lately are silver amc and our least favorite gaming store gamestop has a lot of memories but god is it terrible now i mean really the only freestanding game store like front storefront yes they've fallen on some very hard times some of it's self-induced a lot of it's self-induced a lot let's be of honest. It's self-induced. well you know the same thing kind of happened for record stores when ipod came out and everything became digital very true so if you've been living under a rock the past week and a half and you have not heard about the GameStop stock skyrocketing from $4 to over 400 the last couple of weeks, uh, we're going to break it down for you. So or at least attempt just, to. We're going to attempt to. I've talked with some of my friends who are familiar with the stock market and are very savvy. They've tried to explain it to the uh, the. Uh, peanut-sized brain that I have, so I'm going to attempt to play a game of telephone and explain it back to you. So we'll see how well this goes. So background. There are these big bad hedge funds that we all hate uh, on Wall Street, and they were doing some shady stuff. So apparently one of the things they like to do to make money is to short stocks. I'll explain what that means in a minute so they do that they make money now some people figured out that these companies were making money doing this and on reddit a subreddit called wall street bets and all the subreddit is is a subreddit for normal people doing crazy stuff on the stock market that's all it is regular dudes these are not invest you know these are some of them they are some of them are very savvy investors but most of them are very normal people now, they figured this out. One of the guys on the subreddit figured this out. They uh, they were doing some poking around, 
and they saw that some of these hedge funds were very overextended on their uh, short sales. And so they're like, well, let's stick it to them. So they organized a movement to start purchasing stocks. Nothing wrong. That's perfectly legal. Just buying some stocks. And so as they bought the stocks, the amount of stocks available to purchase decreased. The amount, the cost of the stock increased because people buying and they holding it. They ain't selling. So now big bad hedge funds find themselves in a sticky situation. They need to short the stock. They can't because there isn't stocks to short and the price has gone up. So now they're losing money. So that's kind of the 10,000th foot level overview in very, very basic terms that I probably said wrong. But uh, we're going to, and we'll, and we'll, we'll give you another, another dumbed down view here of basically how it works, uh, courtesy of the internet. So let's say, Brenna, you got, uh, you got five goose eggs. Fantastic. And those, those goose eggs, they cost $10. Well, you know, someone on the, the egg market has five goose eggs. And so we'll say, we'll say the, the me, the lion, wants to, uh, wants to borrow your goose eggs for a little bit. Or wants to borrow some goose eggs. I'm going to borrow five goose eggs. And I'm going to hang on to them for a little bit. But instead, I'm going to sell them. Because I'm expecting that goose eggs are not going to be as hot in a couple weeks. It's going to go down in value. Cost of the goose egg dropping. And so I sell them. And then they go down. I buy them back later. And I sell them back to you and I get to keep the money, the difference. So I've made money. It's kind of weird, but it's, it, you know, you don't think it doesn't make, it doesn't logically make sense, but it does. Yeah. It, I mean, if you buy, if you borrow something um, and it's at a high price, you find out that the price drops, you know, you sell them and then, yeah, I get the, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. It's like, they're like borrowing to bu to buy it at a high price and then they're selling it low so then they're just keeping the extra money they borrowed because they're selling it back to the same person it's super weird and so what happened now was all these people were buying stocks so the price went up instead of down so now they have to buy it back for a negative value and so the the tough part and why regular people should not play this game is because the losses are infinite. If I just buy a stock and the price drops, I am only out the money I spent for the stock. That's all I've lost. Even if I sell the stock for $2 and I bought it for three, I've technically only lost what I spent, you know? Right. But in this, the losses can just be never ending because the higher the stock goes, the deeper the hole I am in. And that's the position these companies found themselves in. So, and the well, isn't the idea that of shorting is that they're they're borrowing and selling all these stocks to keep the stock price really low? So they're just trying to make it look like GameStop has this terrible stock price when they're really manipulating it. Well, and there's a lot of speculation too. It's kind of hard to prove, but not really because all these these hedge funds owned shares and you know media outlets and other companies so there's a lot of speculation too that they'll do things to drive stock prices down 
to you know influence the direction that they go in order to profit obviously that's very difficult to prove you need a lot of you know very concrete evidence and that's you know hard to get in these kinds of situations but you know the implication is there it's not out of the realm are you kidding me exactly so basically gamestop has nothing to do with this because gamestop itself is is failing they woke uh, up as a one day just like freaking out that their stock price had i don't even know how many times increased the next day from the previous that's insane yeah, so these these regular buyers of stocks are making an absolute ton of money. Meanwhile, the hedge funds are losing absolute ton of money. So far, uh, some of these people have made north of fifty million dollars. Some of these uh, people that were buying stocks because they went from like three dollars to over four hundred at certain points. Obviously, the stock price changes, but they've still unbelievable gains. You know, Wall Street is you know crying mercy, and obviously we have very little sympathy for them because they're they're the source of a lot of problems. Oh, it's not like they haven't been doing this and crushing companies over and over again, driving their stock prices down and actually closing companies this way and profiting off of it. Well, yeah, they just they they're, you know, they're an easy target because they profit off of everything and they can do a lot of things and they have no sympathy for the common man. But then the common man fights back and all of a sudden they're like, why do you hate us? Woe is uh, me. I love all the memes. These are hurting actual people with many boats. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, another interesting tidbit is the White House was at one point monitoring the situation, uh, and it has since come out that uh, member, a member of the White House, their family member, has a direct tie to one of these hedge funds and is a partner at one of them. So that's a little, that's a little shifty, a little shady. Uh, it's speculated that uh, the group of hedge funds that were involved in this, some of the main ones have lost several billion dollars, but collectively it's speculated that the losses are near 30 billion for some of these hedge funds. One of them uh, had to take an investment from two other funds of uh, several billion in order to stay solvent. So that's how bad some of these losses are is that these companies are denying that they are they were going to go bankrupt or anything that they are lost all their money. Well, the ridiculous part is they know damn well how risky this is because this is totally and 100% possible. It's it's extremely risky, extremely dangerous. It's basically straight gambling if you're not if you don't have some sort of knowledge of what's to come or uh you know, you don't see events happening a certain way. Like an example of a regular person doing this is the start of the pandemic. You see, oh, pandemic coming down. Oh, we're probably going to lock some stuff down. Let me do this with like movie theater stock. You know, I can short this because I'm going to guess they're going to close movie theaters. The price is going to go down of their stock and I can do this. That's a normal, you know, thing to do but most companies just engage in this on the regular on the daily as part of their business operations and it's 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 borderline illegal it is illegal in some ways and it's legal in other ways so we're not sure what's going to happen in terms of an investigation into this or or what i mean i think probably losing this much money how many suicides have already happened on wall street probably a lot because people probably lost their entire portfolios and their life is is stocks 
But uh, another thing too is, you know, people are also, um, you know, they're trying to convince, you know, people to go after like the Wall Street bets and stuff. And it's, it's just a mess. It's honestly really hard to keep track of. Like I, and it's, it, I, I can't even keep track of my thoughts right now. Like that's how <laughs> much of a mess it is. And you can definitely see like early last week that the, you know, hedge funds and some, you know, we're trying, we're leaning on some of the media outlets to, you know, post a lot of negative publicity about this. Obviously, the, it went away very fast because people were like, hey, F off, man, you're picking on the wrong person here. Like, why are we on Wall Street's side? You know, yeah. and if the government bails out Wall Street, oh, my God, and not the American, like not the American people that during a pandemic right now have received no help or aid, even though they've shut down jobs. I mean, we had to wait a year to get six hundred dollars. But, you know, Wall Street has a has a has a tough day. We'll you know, we'll we'll shell out some money. for I some think hedge funds. the part that pissed everyone off was the fact that these hedge funds were running to the stock market and trying to take back everything that they had done trying to cancel all the orders and just get make it you know that's like oh it's okay to, for you to do that but when someone else like the common man loses out oh yeah. no takesy backsies now like what is going on yeah and so let's digress back a little bit so there was articles popping up like saying that the core of this movement was trumpism and fighting against the elite where's the connection there like please don't lump everyone into that please like you, and then there was another article I saw that was uh, calling uh, this subreddit a group of white supremacists. Like it just, the, and the list just goes on and on. Like, and these are just like regular dudes. Sure, they meme about themselves. Um, they call themselves, you know, t mean nicknames. But like, at the end of the day, they really are just normal internet folk. They you are know, like. It doesn't even matter if that's who they are. Wall Street should not be able to do this and have this much power. I mean, that's, that's and they how shouldn't the be world complaining. Works. They shouldn't be complaining because this is perfectly fine in the stocks world. This happens, and just because yeah. it's happening to them now, yeah. they kind of want to stop playing the game. It's money. So I'm gonna again. Here's another kind of overview of the situation. Um, so you know, their stocks going down. Some hedge funds are shorting the stock, betting that it would go down. Melvin Capital is the one the White House has ties to, I believe, or there's some company involved with them. But they're one of the biggest losers here. And so they've been trying to buy up this short position, and they don't have to disclose these shorts uh, because of the, the way they bought them. But obviously, some Reddit found them just because trading records are, are publicly available because they just happen and it's available. So they had 55 plus million on the short. and. Um, you know, they saw this overloaded position because there's all again, there's only so many stocks available, you have and they're trying to acquire a certain percentage of them to in order to execute this this short effectively. And so they they followed, they found this out, they bought the stocks, the price went up. And so now that the borrowed shares that uh, the hedge funds, they borrowed are now due they have to buy stocks in order to pay those off. The Redditors aren't selling, so the price is going up, so they are losing more and more and more money. So some companies, you know, they companies have been pulling the brakes at all different points trying to get out of it. Um, meanwhile, Reddit's just like, 
just keep holding our money. We're going to we're going to drive them drive them out. So, you know, some of these companies have lost, you know, multiple billions of dollars as I mentioned. Um and they I mean, have connections. A, Go ahead. I was going to say this is honestly like checks and balances right here cuz you think companies now that these guys have done this and now that the word is out, there is so many people that would keep an eye on this and be able to screw over hedge funds and things like that when they see things like this happening. So, I mean, this is a damn effective way to kind of check and balance Wall Street, at least well, on this tactic. Well, and what it led to is them discovering a whole list of other companies that they are that these hedge funds are performing these trades with and started buying them and driving those up. So the companies are just losing money just everywhere. Uh, this week, I think the big thing is silver right now. Though yeah. the tough part about them driving up silver is that has uh, real world implications because the the stock price of silver and gold actually like determines the actual price of silver and gold. So that can have some actual issues on things that silver are used for, which apparently I heard today that the that is driving up the price of solar panels. Yeah. I don't know how silver is used in solar solar panels, but it's probably just in the reflective material. So things that conduct electricity and be able to kind of move that about the panel. Maybe. So another thing that was discovered is that these hedge funds have ties and they own portions of Robinhood, which is the uh, trading app that markets itself as a app for the common folk to execute, you know, buy and sell stocks. It's very simplified, almost game like. And so they've been using these this app to buy trades because it's so simple and it has like almost no fees whereas most places will charge you fees for doing trades because that's how they make their money it's almost like selling real estate uh and so at you know it's normal when stocks prices are changing so fast like this for the sec to stop trading to like give give things a minute to calm down that's perfectly normal it is a little weird that the trading stopped so much while the hedge funds were using losing money. But when the SEC stops, no one can trade. So it, it's, yeah, it doesn't matter that much. But the big issue was Robinhood at one point blocked users from purchasing stock. They could only sell the stock that they had, which is just blatant market manipulation. Uh, and so... People were getting very upset. You know, it gave the the hedge funds a chance because the price dropped during that time pretty considerably. So it gave them a chance to close out some of their positions while people couldn't buy. And, you know, the whole time people are tweeting like Robin Hood is like, you know, they had old tweets that were like, you know, let the people trade, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, people were going to other trading apps and they said that they stopped it due to market volatility which is not within their purview to do only the sec can halt and stop trades like that unless like there is an actual like legal reason like you violated their terms and conditions or something or you're performing illegal trades for them to to halt that and so uh they were very criticized they uh i mean there's got to be legal action there is. So members of Congress are calling for a investigation and hearings into Robinhood. You know that Robinhood is in trouble when Ted Cruz and AOC 
are agreeing and both On supporting. Something. Yes, are agreeing and both supporting this. So, because they're they're members of the uh, financial services committee, so there is just it's this is this the year is, of uprise. It's kind of nuts. Oh God, it it, it is crazy because everyone's like, oh, Trump's you know the the uprising, but now it's like he's gone. But now we have like it's it's weird. I don't want to get into politics, but <laughs> so uh, it's just it's bonkers. The whole it's twenty twenty one bonkers. And so even the uh, the CEO of the company made a statement saying, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just normal, blah, blah, blah statements. And it's just wrong. And so um, they, you know, they tried to spin it and basically they're in trouble. So they started allowing trades again. And uh, during the meantime of this, people were leaving on Google. It was only because we could check Google. People couldn't check the App Store because we don't know how the App Store handles their review system. But I think it takes a couple of days for like the reviews to post and it's, they're moderated and whatnot, which is not an issue. But so people were leaving negative reviews about Robinhood on the Google Play Store. Justly so. They were upset. The app right. was blocking them from its service, from doing what the app is well, supposed to allow only them to thing, do. Well, they were allowing them to sell, which was the only thing that was benefiting them. It was, yes. And so Google deleted all of the negative reviews, over 100,000 negative reviews. So their rating went from a 4.3 to like a 1.0. And now it's back to four, four point something, which I mean, is just. What? Why yeah. would they delete those? It's, it's crazy. So there's a class action lawsuit already against Robin Hood. There's. The SEC is probably opening investigation. And then in the middle of all this, Wall Street bets, you know, is receiving a lot of criticism, as we mentioned, for almost no reason. Uh, they release a statement about their position. And so they're like, you know, people are trying to pretend to be us like they're, you know, they're trying to say that, oh, we're Wall Street bets, like making fake accounts and that kind of thing. So they release a statement. They lock their Reddit server to invite only. They lock their Discord server. They lock their Twitter. They literally lock everything down. So unless you're approved by them to see their stuff, you can't as an effort to try and get some of these uh, these trolls and other things out. And during all this too, Discord bans them for hateful and discriminatory content, which is weird that they did this during this whole stock exchange, even though they cited it was for reasons it had nothing to do with what the, you know, the trades or stock trading or financial stuff. They cited things like, uh, you know, discriminatory content, hate speech. Uh, all I sorts could see of that being all in there, but obviously oh, totally can. Yeah. And I guarantee you that is in there and it probably wasn't until all this noise that they even put an eye or even saw what wall street bets was which obviously doesn't look good on their like their lockdown teams that kind of look at servers well, and, they, and things like that and discord state statement says that this server's been on their radar for a while for for constant violations of community guidelines and they've issued multiple warnings to the server and then just in the middle of all this they decided to remove it so it seems a little convenient but again, I am not putting it past it, a server of that many people, that hot-blooded, that much internet trolling 
there yeah. was probably some crazy stuff on there. And you know what? It might have been a preemptive strike against them, seeing that it's probably all that was going to get worse. There's no way it was going to get better on Discord. Um, so I could see Discord kind of just they've given them multiple strikes and then seeing this event kind of unfold, they were probably thinking it's only going to get worse and we should probably shut this down before it starts. And then there's some fiasco on our uh, company. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day too, Netflix has signed a movie deal uh, or Netflix is uh, inked a movie deal with uh, screenwriter. Let me see. Uh, with Mark Bull to write with Noah Centineo and Scott Galloway to uh, to consult about this whole GameStop stock They're thing. so quick. Netflix is so quick on these things. I mean, it's it honestly, it would make for a amazing like yeah. docu docu movie. Like yes. I would love to know about it. There's a there's another one that they recently came out with, and it was something like "I hate you, 2021" or yeah, well, yeah, something like "I hate you, 2020" or I can't remember something like that. I gotta look it up now. But if you want some more interesting stuff about this, go check Death out the movie "2020" and the uh, the photo, the thumbnail is a dumpster that's on fire. Yep. If you want to check out something that a movie that's kind of similar to this check out the big short it was about uh the uh housing market stuff but uh that's kind of the basics overview i know we didn't go into too much detail i didn't want to get too bogged down and i didn't want to say the wrong thing so we'll share some of the stories that we've collected on our website for you guys later this week uh and feel free to like talk about it in the discord hit us with some tweets and we'll try and uh we'll try and answer them as as correctly as possible with the help of some of our uh, stock savvy associates. So uh, some news you might have missed. Well, you might have not missed this. Uh, Google Stadia has shut down their internal development studio and they are changing their business focus. So they let go over 150 people today and they will no longer be making games and instead will just work with publishers to make with other publishers to have their games released on Stadia. I am beyond stoked. Uh, this is the what I hope is the beginning of the end for Google Stadia. I don't see how it's not. I mean, they're not really selling well. They're obviously not getting a lot of games on their service. It's slow. It's glitchy. Their servers aren't working right. I, I don't know what could go right for this company. Yeah. And when there's so many better service services out there and that continue to come out that are just inst out of out of the box better than them right. after you know what almost two years it's something just, like that yeah they're just you they're a dumpster just fire start throwing up a bunch of companies computer companies that you could think of and throw a dart at the wall and you'd probably hit a company that had a better service than them cha cha they have no business being in this uh ioi is doubling their studio or doubling their size and planning to open a second studio to handle the upcoming james bond video game which you know i'm all for that game better be nothing super but cool. amazing yeah they're opening it in sweden too which is super cool yeah. right so but they yeah, say they say they currently have 200 employees and that they expect to have over 400 within the next couple of years which, yeah, I mean, they need to hurry up and start hiring people. I mean, but that's a lot of people to hire and vet. 
hopefully the game is as good as they said. But man, the number one thing we complain about these days is knowing about a game way too far in advance. So who knows when they're like feasibly thinking that this game is going to get out, if they're going to hire people now and it's going to take a few years. They're saying years. They're saying the game is years away from release. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind you announcing, hey, we're working on a James Bond game. Perfectly okay with that. They don't cite a release date. They don't tell us any more details. I have no issues with you just being like, hey, this is a new project we're working on. That's perfectly okay. But when you're like, hey, we're working on this project. Here's this release date two years from now or four years from now or five years from now or a year from now. And you can't keep that or you don't know if you can keep that. That's when I have a problem. You know what I don't have a problem with? Well, I'm not sure if I have I don't a know. I have a yet. problem with this. I do and I don't. <laughs> Kevin Hart has uh, signed a deal to play Roland in the Lionsgate adaptation of the movie Borderlands. I mean, Kate Blanchett, we taught, we mentioned before, is set to star in it. And, you know, he's a funny guy. He is funny. Yeah. And Borderlands has a weird sense of humor, but right. the track record with video game adaptations of movies is pretty, pretty terrible. And then you also got Borderlands, which is like a cartoon. So I don't know how that's going to. Tra- I mean, it's tra- a live live adaptation or are they just doing a cartoon version? No, I'm pretty sure it's a live adaptation. OK, well, Kevin Hart's like five foot tall. And I'm pretty sure Roland is this like huge, massive kind of military guy. Yeah. Like he literally looks like he's the size of Master Chief. Yeah. I mean, I have to imagine it's it, it's it's a person and it's not animated because what I don't know what the point of animating it would be. Uh, it would literally just be the game. Yeah. And if they're going to do that, then just get the voice actors. To do it. exactly so it's gotta know. be yeah so we'll see uh again there is a lot of stuff being announced very very early and i'm tired of speculating on things you know what i'm also tired of is uh hearing about the last of us 2 because <laughs> it is now become the most awarded game in history removing the witcher 3 from its pedestal oh, and God. even this i have issues with because like Game awards or like movie awards, they're just handed out like candy. Like everybody's got awards and they just, you know, give them out. They're, the awards are gen- genuinely meaningless, in my opinion. Okay, so here's the thing like sports during the pandemic, I still say are you won the Super Bowl, you were, it doesn't matter that there was a pandemic because you trained, you played, you did that. When it comes yeah, to but if movies you played a and video games, season, no, I mean, you still played it. Se- Everybody did. Yeah, but it wasn't as long. You didn't have to play by the same, you know, the same. Everyone level played the of same play. set. No. Yes. Disagree. Move no. on. Sir, who's a sports <laughs> scientist over here? Thank you. Getting my PhD. Oh, no. Not in sports science. Yes. What's your What's your PhD in, Brenna? Interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary health sciences. It's sports. Anyways, I, I didn't hear sports in there. I heard health sciences. Sir, you can hear you don't hear sports in kinesiology, but that's what my uh, masters and bachelors are in. Anyways, uh, 
I didn't hear sports in that either. No, you didn't. That's what we I'm anyway. just pulling her leg. I actually know a lot about her program. So yeah, he actually <laughs> explains my, my thesis and my ideas better than me sometimes, which is funny. Um, <laughs> Cause I but, hear it a lot. But with this stuff, it's like companies didn't produce things. There were less games. People just kept delaying everything because of regulations and things like that. So I have a problem with trying to declare The Last of Us 2 as the best game ever when there were clearly other games that should have come out in a different time or, you know what I mean? Things got crushed. And again, it's it's awards. It's genuinely meaningless. All that matters at the end of the day is if I sat down and I played this game and I liked it or not. That's all that really matters. And, you know, people had mixed thoughts on this one. So... I had mixed thoughts with it being game of the year. I mean, Valhalla came out with this time and and so did Sekiro. Oh, not Sekiro. It's um, it's like it's it's the same thing as the Oscars at this point. It's just a it's just a circle jerk. Like it's it has nothing to do with what people actually think. It's just a critic and developer circle jerk. Just like the movies. It's a it's a studio and, you know, circle it's just a circle jerk. So uh, Tomb Raider 2 is getting a Tomb Raider 2 is movie. They're working on a new Tomb Raider with Alicia Vilkander, and she's the best. And they are bringing on showrunner Misha Green as the new writer and director of the very popular HBO show from last year, uh, Lovecraft Country. You have not watched that. Good God, that is spooky and amazing. So. I'm excited to see what they will do with that. Hopefully it will be. I'd like to see more of a little bit more story, less, you know, it, it's going to be an action movie, of course, but let's let's bring in the story. Let's bring in the story. Brenda, let's bring in the story. Bring it in. Uh, Cyberpunk CDPR released modding tools for Cyberpunk so that the gaming community can finish their game for them. Uh <laughs> This what the f- are you looking at, sir? For I'm looking at you. Down. So I love that this has happened. I mean, people are already making mods, but it just makes it a little bit easier. It makes it a lot easier, and it makes it so easy that people made it so you can have sex with Keanu Reeves, aka Johnny Silverhand, and uh, CDPR said no to that and removed it and said, Boo. "Don't do that again." Boom. Uh, I, you know, people are gonna do it. They'll just sell it on, uh, or not even sell it. Sometimes it's just free to download, but it'll be on a secondary website. Yeah, I mean, if I already got it too, they can't stop me either. They just, they can just stop people from from making it. Down, yeah, or from downloading it on their area. It's now that it's out in the interwebs. You know what they can't stop us from doing is uh, rebooting the Spy Kids franchise. I'm kind of like everyone's old, so I don't know what's gonna happen, but. Th- that was a wild ride, that movie. Those three movies, you mean? Dude, they, they didn't make any sense, but they were good. Right. I love I love the weird contrast of like Machete in them. And it's just like, machete. what? They were just they were very bizarre. The thumb dudes like the that were just dudes. 
they were just like five thumbs just rolling I, around. There's like, some crazy stuff that happens in that movie. If you were on some um, altering, mind altering things, you would have one hell of a time. Sounds like fun. Uh, sounds like a they, nightmare. <laughs> well, and then there was like the last one where they went into like that online game or whatever, and they were wearing the weird like Mega Man suits and stuff and competing against other people. Like it was just it was it was a it was a wild ride. Yeah. Very well said. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced that or I guess stated that their future games, they will focus more on live a live service game development model. And if you remember from our discussion about these kinds of games way back, there's actually an episode titled it. It's like live service games versus traditional games. Go check that out. But basically, live service games are a game that they release and then they just continually develop the game. So just content, content, content. It's just always whereas a traditional game is they make the game, they release it, they're done. done. So there's pros and cons to both. Uh, obviously the big pro for these companies to the live service model is money. They can make more money this way. Yep. Um, but it's also a way to keep people playing longer. If you keep, if you're constantly adding stuff, the company, uh, don't, don't nod, do not. I don't know. Say a French game studio has been, uh, purchased up by Tencent. I don't know. I don't know what they make. I'm looking to. I don't know what they make, but they make video games and some popular ones, I'm guessing. Anyway, Tencent has bought them. They are again. Yes, another they're, company. They're just they're growing their reach. Hey, wait, like hey sub, subreddit of the subreddits of the, the interwebs. Can you do something about this? Like, <laughs> let's let's start on monopolies. Like, can we do something about that? I mean, it's written in our law that that can't exist, but, you know. They're a Chinese company. I'm sorry. Well, we got monopolies, too. That's true. That's so, true. We will be, not so many. We only have, like, five real ones. And they're technically legal monopolies. There's there's weird monopoly loopholes that are yes. allowed. Subsidiary uh, or whatever BS things. Yeah, there's, like, a term for it where it's, like, it's like th you know, just a handful of companies monopolize an industry, but because there's a handful of them, it's not a monopoly. But even though they, you know, control the industry, no one can get in. It, it's weird. It's, uh, it's like, with oil. It's, like, I think it's called a cartel is what it's called. No, fantastic. I'm dead serious. I think it's No, I mean, economic, I think that's fantastic. I think it's the actual economic term, cartels. Um, anyway, Activision Blizzard... Uh, says that interviewing diverse candidates for every role is unworkable. I don't even know what this means. What? Why even make a statement? <sighs> Apparently, there was a proposal by both of them to uh, was made to them by like a uh, labor union saying that a diverse uh, workforce at all levels of a company can enhance long-term performance. I don't know what data that is based on, but I mean, if the person's good for the job, why, why not, why not hire them? Why not interview all available candidates? I don't, I I'm just, I'm confused. It, the problem is nitpicking with 
seeing someone of a certain whatever come in and then just handing them the job. That's the problem. And the fact that you need to go out and search to diversify your company because my brain and Jamie's brain don't work. Like the things and experiences that we have had because of whatever backgrounds are completely different. So we would come at a problem in different ways, which yes. when you work with something like this, you definitely want people coming at a problem in every way possible. Someone might have a good idea or an easier way to do something. And you just don't know when you have everyone that was brought up and thinks the same exact way. And there's no denying that the gaming industry leans very heavily towards a specific gender or, uh, you know, background, I guess, is the best way to describe it. So there's no, I have no, there's no, I don't know, I don't know what the issue is here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just confused. Is that they don't want to have to do any work. Well, and like, they just want to excuse the fact that everyone in their company is probably the exact same and you could probably yell the most generic white male name in the world and like 10 people would turn around timmy i was gonna say john <laughs> sorry if anyone out there is named john and and this is not to be like reverse discriminatory it's just it's just kind of a, a look at what's going on but like the way i read it is like they are saying they're <sighs> mm. You know, it, it seems like it's like, OK, you know, you need to hire these people instead of those people like that seems like what's the proposal that was made. You know, just the way the article is written, like that's the way I'm reading it that which, they have said, which is not what the. Which I don't I don't know, because we're you know, we're not privy to it. This is, you know, third party, you know, spewing out something either on behalf of one of the two of these companies, whoever whoever shared right. the information with them. I mean, this quote, this quote, though, I do, it, it's not even I don't know what else is in whatever letter that they got. But just saying that at all levels, it can enhance long term performance isn't necessarily saying that they have to do anything, though. I'm sure there are affirmative action rules that they're getting probably pretty close to. Yeah. So, I mean, bottom line is just hire anybody that's qualified, hire everybody, you know, don't. Don't go for the obvious choice because sometimes you'll be surprised. Um, Epic Games shared their 2020 stats and they were really touting some numbers here and hiding some other numbers. So they're like, oh, yeah, we have 160 million, you know, PC customers. It's like, OK, but how many of those are actually like active users? Because current, yeah, because Steam has like something like 900 million <laughs> users, but like maybe 10 of them are active. So yeah. it's like, you know, 10, 10 million. So it's yeah. like, OK, what's the actual numbers? Right. And. You know, how many of those people are literally just logging on for the free game and then, you know, effing off. And then oh, they're like, sure. and then they're like, PC players spent $700 million on the Epic Game Store. It's like, okay, well, what do they spend the money on? Fortnite. But 200 of that was other games. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, they're just, uh, it's bit very, very weird. And, of, and also it's worth noting that that, number is not accurate 
and very, very fine print of the $265 million spent on third-party games. They put a uh, very, 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 very small disclaimer saying, these numbers reflect actual spending by customers and don't include the value of coupons, epic funding of developers, or other promotions. I basically, like the voice. Basically, that $265 million could literally just be free games. And that, you know what, it most definitely was because they put some games out there that definitely, I mean, they were free, but they were big titles. I find it hard to believe that people actually spent that much money on the store on games that are full price. And I feel like that's a full price number. And they're like, well, the games were on sale that people like, what's the actual like? Yeah, like they like the game was it, it was on sale for, let's say, like. I don't even know how much half half off and it was a $60 game. So then they say, Oh, it was a $60 game, even though they only paid $30 for it. And then the most popular titles on their store that they listed were Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Satisfactory, Fortnite, obviously snow runner, Godfall, Borderlands three, rocket league, Tony Hawk, pro stater, grand theft auto five row company. Like two of those games are free and you just buy stuff in game like three of those they gave away for free <laughs> so like and, i mean one it's of them a cop is half out. price yeah it, it really is it's the fortnite it's thing is a major cop out because you know that v bucks transaction is really what the money is coming from so it has nothing to do with the epic store and their sales well that's what i mean is like that's the 700 million is it includes like all of their sales which is you know v bucks but yeah. uh it's that would silly. be a great percentage to see how much of that is V-Bucks. It's silly. The only reason we're talking about it is we just got to call BS when we see it. Right. Um, Dr. Disrespect has announced Disrespect. a streaming deal with uh, Jerry Rice and Steve Young, who are uh, very famous NFL players, and they're going to do a charity stream uh, playing Madden 21, I think. I don't know. I don't care. This is just, I don't understand why they're doing this. I mean, I mean, it's for charity, so I get that well, it's for charity, but why this guy? Well, we also still don't know why he's banned and he still hasn't stated. Oh, no, but he's taking legal action. Remember, I can't wait to see whatever that yeah. legal action is. Yeah, sure. He has. So he'll be streaming on YouTube. Uh, this one is amazing. I am so happy about this. MLB The Show, no longer PlayStation exclusive. Baseball games are coming back to Xbox, which hopefully means PC. Uh, MLB The Show 21 is coming to Xbox uh, April 20th. It will be available on the Series X, the Series S, and the Xbox One. You want to know what the best part about that is? What's the best part about it? The best part about that is the best team. That is in this video game. Is not on the cover. Time. It's not on the cover, which is, yeah, also what the F. The uh, Dodgers won. So I don't understand how they're not on the cover. No one, no one cares about the Dodgers. Everybody cares about, no one cares about you. No one cares about the Dodgers and no one cares about the Yankees. They're just a bunch of bandwagon fans and you cannot argue with me that they aren't. I don't know about everyone else. But Dodger fan, Dodger blood is insane. Some of the like true Dodger fans are absolutely insane. Oh, of course. Of like, course. Clinically insane. 
but if we had to guesstimate, probably 70% of Dodger fans are just bandwagon fans. Same I with the don't Yankees. Know. I don't know. I, I would definitely say Yankees, but Dodger, there's a rich history with Dodger in LA. Oh, it's sure. like LA nuts. Sure. Uh, just LA yeah, fans. We're gonna... I just don't like them. I, you know, it's a passionate city. I, <laughs> I can't say that I don't disagree, but... <laughs> There's nothing worse, though, than Philadelphia sports fans. That is a very unique breed of of trash. And I was going to say subhuman. Aggression. <laughs> They're just wow. There's uh, the dollop has a whole podcast episode talking about Philadelphia sports fans and just some of the things that have happened during sporting events in Philadelphia. And it's just it's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. You know, we say this not understanding like the soccer or I guess football <laughs> right. that goes on. Outside of this. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't imagine. Like that would be a great show just going over all the absolute insanity. I know that there was like a, I think it was soccer. It might have been rugby. I'm pretty sure it was soccer. They had a match and it was like, Ireland versus someone else and it was like the the feud had gone so deep into just like each country that they had separate entrances and had put up barricades and you could not sit on the side that was like the opposite of your team they had separate parking lots like there had been bloody fights yeah yeah if you are a international listener hit us with some of your crazy sports stories on our uh, on our twitter Please. We'd love to hear it. Anywhere. And lastly, lastly, Resident Evil dropped this little nugget for us in uh, return for their appreciation of the Lady Dimitrescu. I think I said that close. Uh, everyone else knows her as Big Titty Vampire Chick from Resident Evil 8 slash Village. And so the art director for Resident Evil uh, released this interesting statement so he introduced himself and he said i wanted to use this opportunity to publicly reflect on the outpouring of positivity we received from the fans on our latest announcement as a representative of the del- development team thank you to all the fans who continue to follow us most recently uh the lady Demestresco and her daughters have received a fair amount of attention far more than we anticipated <laughs> i'm very sure sir it's great that they're able to take the spotlight as icons of resident evil village Lady Dramesco especially has received much fanfare, both domestically and overseas, I bet she has, which (laughs) has made all of us in the development team extremely happy. And I hear her height is something of interest. Yes, there's people have been doing a lot of pictures as cosplays of her playing with height because she looks very tall. But little, little do we know. If you include her hat and her high heels which her hat is a flat wide brim hat and yes. her there's no way her heels are that tall they I mean they could tall. be like 5 inch heels and that's probably the max you would ever see someone in yes but if you include her hat and her heels she's 2.9 meters tall for those of you in the rest of the world and for those of you in the United States that can't uh can't do metric, metric system, system. <laughs> she's 9 feet 6 inches tall so let's just say she's wearing those six or five inch heels and her hat sticks up. Brandon, she's inch. almost three and a half feet taller than me. 
just like her barefoot, probably nine feet tall. Barefoot, no hat, nine feet tall, most likely. She's three feet taller than me. Yes. That's like another half of me. Yes. That's it's absurd. Dis- it's disturbing is what it is. I am fearful of my life now. Uh, you should be. How big are those claws then? Huge. Huge. Like, like that's got to be insane. How many people does she dominate is the real oh, question. Not a single living soul on this world could dominate this person. The bewitching vampiric characters are relentless in their pursuit of Ethan, and I can't wait for you all to meet them yourselves when you enter Cat's Castle Demestresco in May. And there's just some people replying oh, with with just unbelievable tweets, and it's it's absolutely terrifying. But uh, that's going to do it for this week. We're going to skip uh, game release dates because there's not really too much, and it's been a decently long episode as it is. So just, again, a reminder, we're working on some stuff, the Patreon, the website, the YouTube, among other things, you know, getting our new show ready. So things are going to be kind of wonky the next month and a half, two months while we work on all this. But uh, trust me, it's going to pay off big time. We're very excited with what we got coming for you guys. So thank you all for listening to us. As always, please keep sharing the show with your friends. Big things are coming. New show is coming. We're getting better. And thank you to those who support us on Patreon. T-Nugget, Dr. Brandroid, Durka, Poolfire93, Miller, Cyber Shorty, Old Straight Dog. You guys are all awesome. You can find the podcast wherever podcasts are available. You can drop us a rating and review on your uh, podcast store if it has one. Uh, Follow us on social media, Discord. Best place to find all that, our website, dlgamingnews.com. About us, that page has everything. We will see you guys next time. Good luck. Have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hey, Guardians. We are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean? to have a voice. And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I want to beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones and... <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam? You can't use those words! He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. Oh, all got the creeps going. I love it so much. All right there. Screechy child. <laughs> my favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good, but better. But maybe you might be able to give me a counter off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. 
Roll to Cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to Cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world.